0: Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown, and this is the Hook Better Leads podcast. Here with me today is Jeff Mosler at Nexa. Is that how you said it, Jeff?
1: Jeff Mosler, but I answered anything.
0: All right. I like it. Um, so Nexa handles receptionist services for home services businesses. Jeff, how's the Texas heat?
1: Texas heat is pretty bad, but it's far better than the snowpocalypse that we had earlier in the year around the March timeframe where we were getting dumped with ice.
0: <laughs> oh, you guys don't even know how to handle snow down there. It is it is pretty dramatic. I lived down there for five years, so I can talk a little shit. Um, I lost my car in Texas during a snowstorm, but that's a story for a different day.
1: Right. And, and actually earlier this year was great for the plumbers and the home services crew. Yes. So oh. we were busy down uh, in Texas, especially Austin in uh, early t-
0: 2021. I bet, you still look tired from that. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, um, so we're gonna be digging into how to handle staffing peaks and valleys in busy seasons, speaking of busy seasons. So why is there a problem, you know, like as peaks and valleys as, as a home services business?
1: Right. So just like any business, a company needs to figure out how many people that they hire, how they manage the peaks and the valleys. They don't want to over hire in the valleys, but under hire in the peaks. So it's the constant trade-off between hiring enough people to get the job done. Um, but you don't want to lose out on the revenue opportunity if you don't hire enough people. Mm-hmm. And so proper planning and proper foresight and thinking about all the different you know, permutations of what could happen during that hiring season and during that bu- that business season, you wanna really be able to nail it. I usually think about that trade-off between maximizing revenue, minimizing costs, and ensuring that the customer experience is exactly what the desired outcome of the company is.
0: I love that, that's huge. You know, you'd mentioned in our talk before this, just about like that proper planning and better forecasting. So uh, do you have some tips for that better forecasting piece?
1: Uh, I do, and, and Tim, part of what we talked about er- earlier on is I've, I've worked for companies like Amazon where I led 5,000 person operations uh, in Europe and, and, and other places around the world. Yeah. Uh, I worked for HomeAway where we had 2000 people around the world. So trust, trust and, this guy, trust this guy. He's seen some, he's seen some stuff. So constantly thinking about forecasting, hiring enough people, when to hire them and, and proper techniques. So, you know, usually um, some basic models around seasonality, like what was the seasonality in the last mm-hmm. year? What are recent you know months doing? Are they, larger? Or are they smaller than than previous months and year over year? Any kind of promotions or other types of business events happening in the future? Really getting a good forecast together mm. of what you think those next, call it three to six months, look like. And then factoring in when to hire, how long it's going to take to train, how long it's going to take to ramp up someone, the productivity during that ramp up period. These are all really important as you know companies think about their hiring projections.
0: Yeah, and also, you know, not to throw another wrench in all this, it's it's been a little bit difficult hiring for I mean, contractors in general have a little bit of a harder time in certain ways. It's there's not as clear-cut places to do it like I do it on LinkedIn for our marketing stuff and admin stuff. I think you can do a little bit on LinkedIn, but just like knowing that it is harder, a little bit harder right now to hire. Like, it feels like there's a lot of money in the, like, if we're talking about 2021, middle of 2021, there's a lot of money that's gotten printed, not to, not to get political, but there's like, there's a lot of money in the system. And there's some people that are a little, like, just needy employees. They want to, they want more. Now I'm just, now I'm just being CEO crank. <laughs> Oops. um But yeah, basically just noting that it is a little bit of a higher, when it, when is it like an employees kind of. Um, market or an employer's market. That's certainly another piece, I'm sure.
1: Right. Well, I think uh, 2021 is an interesting year because there's also a lot of incentives out there for you know maybe hourly workers not coming back to the workplace because mm-hmm. they're also getting some government money. And so it makes may make sense for them not to come back to the workplace, mm-hmm. at, at least immediately. And so it's really tough right now to hire yeah. non-exempt or hourly um, workers. in in many places around the US. And I think that's that's why companies are thinking about maybe a longer duration in terms of how they, you know, hire and recruit and how they ramp up. Maybe they're considering outsourcing options. Maybe they're skinning down their services that they provide for, you know, customer service purposes. All of these factor in. You know, I like to also think about Maximizing flexibility in, in the in the workplace as well. So you know maybe in that. yeah so maybe in you know traditional years um, a company may have hired people to work the phones or people to work emails, customer service or people to maybe work on weekends. I think maybe maximizing the fungibility or the flexibility of the folks that you hire and don't overly specialize in one particular area, so that when maybe the phones aren't ringing. That these employees could help with the billing. Or maybe when the billing is all done, they can help with the scheduling. Or, or maybe when that's done, they can help with the procurement of whatever resources that home services or contractors are, are needing. This, this type of generalization of skill set rather than specializing gives more flexibility in the workforce. You know, the other thing that we were talking about earlier is I think, um, you know, companies should expect 20% overtime flexibility as well. And so if during the peak time, let's just say you need 10 people, okay, well, maybe you can get away with only hiring eight people or nine people and expecting a 20% overtime, such that when you need to ramp down for the non-peak season, it's a little bit less drastic.
0: You have to fire less people. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're like, I don't know. I'm not don't no, 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 say it okay so when should you hire and when should you outsource because that's a pain i will say besides all the like you know the human important aspects of that it, it's actually just annoying to have to let go of people and it's frustrating it's not a fun part of running a business so but you have to occasionally right but the point of what i'm saying is like to avoid that You know, when should you outsource certain things so that you don't have to do that? When should you hire? Because it really is just cost effective to do so, even if you do have to have some ups and downs during peaks and valleys.
1: Right. So I think there's a lot of considerations there. And it's not just about internal versus outsourced, but it's about when you're internal, it's about temp versus full-time. And so if you hire temps, you don't necessarily have to fire people. You know, it's a temporary contract for, let's call it a three-month period. So there's temp versus internal, Mm -hmm. there's outsource versus internal, and then there's onshore versus offshore. And I think all of these are considerations that that companies need to think about. Um, In the companies that I've worked for uh, and helped lead in the past, I've seen where a model of maybe a 50-50 blend between internal and outsourced makes a lot of sense. I think the old paradigm was, hey, you get less quality with an outsourcer than if you hire someone internal. Um, I think that may have been the case 10 or 20 years ago. I don't think that that's necessarily the case today. The expectation is with an outsourcer, if training is proper, if integration within the company's technology is set up properly, You should expect the same level of quality from an outsourcer as an internal, you know, hire as well.
0: Not not to get into pitch yet, because I'll give you a little bit at the end, but before just noting, you guys actually get, you train your people. Like I, I read a couple of case studies, you actually train them on the individual companies' policies around like emergency work and things like that?
1: that that's right. So let's say it's a, a home services contractor or a plumber, and, and this could be with Nexa or an additional company as well. Yeah. Um, the job of the outsourced agent, and we certainly do it at Nexa as well, is to log in to the plumber system. Maybe it's yeah. Service Titan to do the scheduled calls, okay. to log in to do the billing proper, to to set up the schedule, these are the things that a company should expect with an outsourcer as well. Mm -hmm. And so the ability to perhaps get the same quality with an internal employee versus an outsourced employee, it's there with the right company. And I think that's the expectation that a home services business should have. They Mm -hmm. should want the outsourcer to deliver a similar amount of tasks or or quality that an internal hire um, has.
0: And, you know, we're talking about peaks and valleys and busy seasons and all that, but we're also, I think, just want to note that you guys often are that, that nighttime and weekend partner where you may, it really doesn't make sense a lot of times to have somebody at these companies. They're small enough that it doesn't make sense to have somebody sitting there on the phone. So who does it end up being like, who do you find that you guys are helping replace or, you know, I, is it the owner sometimes? Well, is it like their family? Like what, who is well, so, answering Yeah,
1: that? so sometimes it's replacing. Sometimes yeah. it's supplementing. Um, you know, with an outsourcer, the outsourcer has the opportunity to put a bunch of different clients together and to train them in a way that they're still authentic to that client's needs. Um, but it doesn't make sense for an internal company to hire one or two people to work weekends or one or two people to work nights. But because the outsourcer is blending these people across several or or many clients, Mm -hmm. they can be more productive during that time and still give the client a really good rate for those types of services. You brought up something else that makes a lot of sense, which is the home services and the contractors, they need to focus on what they do best, which is delivering the service of, of what they're in business for, and rely on other people, whether it's an internal office staff, or an outsourcer to answer the calls mm-hmm. so that they can be more productive with what they're doing. Yeah, the last thing is a plumber or an owner of a company having to answer their calls after, you know, a busy day, during dinner time or at night. Rely on an outsourcer for that. Yeah.
0: I love that. And, you know, you think about training like I've been thinking about this with marketing services too, just to be, you know, frank. But it's also the training that these people get You know, and if you're not really good at training that, let's say you were never a customer service rep. You know, usually contractors, you know, if you're a 15 to 40 person company, a lot of times you did do sales, but like being the customer, being like there are real things that you learn on etiquette and answering the phone and all these different things that you can pass off and you've got people there that are training them up. I I think the same with hiring and training marketing people. Like, they have like a talking to people and they're, they're making a decision between us and an internal marketing person. And sometimes it's like, you've never hired for a marketing position before. <laughs> it's, you are going to have to fail a couple times. I did, I've failed yeah. 20 well, times. You know, like we've all, like we've gone through a lot. You learn a lot. So like, that's the hard part. If you've never really hired for this, it's a little bit different. Well,
1: I can't roof. <laughs> and I'm only dangerous enough with plumbing, and you better believe my wife doesn't want me to touch the electricity. And so I hire a professional for that. I think maybe these contractors should consider these outsourcing companies as professionals in sales or customer service and billing. And so maybe allow the outsourcer to do what they really do well for the benefit of the client um, so that the client can focus on what they do really well which is the trade that they're in.
0: I'd like this. We have one last question here. It's really about what should people watch out for about having their folks, you know, sitting around is one thing. Let's say you hire an admin customer service person. That's and they're sitting around some of the time, that's one thing. And that seems bad enough, maybe, to these guys. Like a lot of these guys are highly productive, highly driven folks. And to have somebody that they spent 30, dollars $50,000 on sitting around half the day and then taking customer service the other half, like kind of hurts. But the other le- sneakier problem is that you make work for them. You come up with stuff that your company didn't do before and isn't, you called it it's not value added work.
1: So it's non value add.
0: <laughs> yeah, not sorry, non value, non value added work. What's the problem with
1: that? Right. So when people are sitting around, then all of a sudden you're making up all this work, this busy work. Yeah. Um, and so the way to avoid that is perhaps always to think about the desired outcome of the company. Like what what are we trying to do here? We're trying to maximize revenue. We're trying to maximize customer experience. We're trying to reduce costs. And always make sure that the tasks that these folks are doing, again, whether it's an outsourcer or or internal staff member, is always focused on the desired outcome. And it usually does come down to maximizing revenue, reducing costs, and improving customer experience. Anything else is probably non-value add.
0: Yeah. So just something to think about as you're making the decision between hiring and, and outsourcing this particular piece. Is there anything else that you'd add as far as like how to make this, this decision why Nexa might be a great partner?
1: Well, I think Nexa might be a great partner to leverage what we do really well, which I mentioned before, hiring people to sell and to close leads, hiring people to service customers and schedule customers, and then hiring um. A, a company like Nexa to do intake services. That's really big for us as well. Uh, we do that with many of our verticals where we're actually going through a checklist and checking in a customer or qualifying a lead um, for you know, our clients. Clients spend so much money on lead generation, $50 per lead, $100 per lead. Like You do not want to lose that lead. And so to rely on a company like Nexa, that has omni-channel services, text, chat, phone. We're going to be getting into Facebook Messenger as well so that we can close those leads, schedule those appointments, and service your customers.
0: I love it. Well, how did they get started if they wanted to chat with somebody from your team?
1: Go to Nexa.com. Our phone number is plastered everywhere and contact us.
0: All right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jeff. I know I learned a lot. I wish I could spend more time with you and just pick your brain. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast today.
1: I really enjoyed it. Thanks for inviting me.
0: All right, everyone. It's uh, HookAgency, HookAgency.com and HookAgency all over social and Nexa.com. Check that out.